You actually thought that ESG stood for environmental, social, and governance? <laughs> no. Clearly, it stands for expanding socialist government. Hey, it's Lucas Scrobot, and you're listening to The Lucas Scrobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. It is episode 298. And uh, September 8th, 2022, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, man, ESG, which does stand for environmental, social, and governance, uh, which is the, the catch-all phrase that refers to quote, three factors when measuring the sustainability and ethical impact of investment or business or company. Most socially responsible investors check out companies using ESG criteria to screen investments. What does that mean? It means as the new religion of Greenpeace takes over the hearts and minds of Gen Z across the globe, they're increasingly looking to push their socialist agenda to control you and control the world. How are they going to do that? They're going to do that through Greenpeace. They're going to do that through green energy. They're going to do that through the, the wrapped up in this cute packaging is the word social. And so what is already happening? Companies are being graded and measured based on what sort of environmental impact they have when it comes to carbon or how are they accurately uh, representing all the different subgroups and minorities within their community. Now, I'm all for hiring people who don't look like you, who don't think like you. I love that. I say that all the time. You should bring, you should staff your, your weaknesses. Find people who are stronger than you and bring them in to staff. So, of course, we can look across ethnic backgrounds and say, oh, there's maybe this person would bring something to my company. But if we are hiring based on the tone of someone's skin and not based on their values, not based on their morals, not based on their competencies, then our companies are going to fail. But under ESG, it's a different story. Under ESG, it is we want to make sure that we are being inclusive, that we have an equality of outcome, that your carbon footprint is within the right measures. What also is now included in this is the word social, which, as I said, that's where the LGBT activism, the it's the flag is now, you know, absolutely absurd with every sort of marking you can imagine on it. Because if if anyone falls underneath it, the critical race theory of levels of impression and if they're not represented at your company, well, that's a mark against you. Well. This is all very important uh, today, specifically, this week specifically, as the energy crisis in Europe and the globe is it, exponentially growing week by week. I mean, even here in the Sultanate of Oman, we lost power, the, the, not the entire nation, nearly the entire nation, a large majority of it, lost power for about six, some people up to 12 hours. It just power in the whole country went off. There's stories going around of what caused it. Uh, as far as I know, the general public doesn't quite really know uh, what was the impotence of the, uh, what started or caused the power outage, but the impact was significant. Talking to, to restaurant owners, 
they luckily were able to find a bunch of ice and pack their freezers and fridges full of ice so they didn't lose all their product. We we run a, a sourdough bakery where we have a massive walk-in cooler with our product and it needs to sit overnight at five degrees Celsius, which is like 40 degrees Fahrenheit. If it doesn't, the product ruins. And what happened to all of our product? Mostly got ruined because the temperature in the cooler was too hot after six hours of a power outage. But what is coming right now across Europe is massive power shortages. What's coming across California, massive power shortages. We just discussed last week how after California said, hey, after the year 2035, you won't be able to buy a new gasoline car in the state of California. It'll have to be an electric car. A few days later, what did they say? Um, excuse me, by the way, folks, uh, we have an electricity problem. And so you can't charge your electric cars. It's insane. Well, the war between Ukraine, Europe, the West, and Russia has now caused an energy crisis where Russia is saying, hey, guess what? We'll be able to withhold our natural resources, our natural gas, and you guys are going to have some massive energy crisis because we want this war to be over. We want to win this war. Well, it's causing energy prices across Europe to soar. It's also because Europe has moved away from sustainable energies. When I say sustainable, I mean energies like coal, clean coal, nuclear power, power that is actually able to run countries, and they're moving to what they call sustainable or green or ESG energies, which are more expensive and which are inconsistent. Renew these renewable resources. We, we talked about this. Go back and listen to the, the, the show on clean coal. I believe it was back in December of 2020. A, a great episode to go back and listen to of why clean coal is actually an incredible resource that we need to continue to use until we have a quantum breakthrough in energy production. Well, what's happening? These energy prices are going through the roof. And companies are struggling to survive. Companies across the UK said that their energy bills have tripled 300% increase of their energy bills just in the last few months. So now a small mom and pop shop, bakery, or restaurant, their bills were 1,500 pounds, now 4,500 pounds a month, crushing small businesses. What's coming down the pike is ESG. What's coming down the pike is saying, okay, well, we're going to look at companies to see who's having the best environmental impact, and then we can give them an allowance of credit. And I'll show you why this is coming. But first, the other day on CNBC, Kyle Bass came on talking about the energy crisis that is global, global energy crisis, man-made man-made global energy crisis, mind you. That's the important distinction. These are man-made energy crises because of policy, because of incentives, and because of change of law moving towards this ESG. And this is the same as in the USSR, where 
the government, the communist government, seized from the farm owners the land and said the farms now belong to the government. We control them. The same thing happened in China. The government came in and said, hey, all you people, the government is here to save you. We're going to strip the land from the evil landowners and we're going to give it to you. What that really meant is we're going to strip the land from the land over owners and we as the government now own the land and you will now work for the land as the quote unquote people. It's now public. That anything that is public is government. And so what happened in both cases were the incentive to work your land hard went away. And we had man-made famines across China, across the USSR killing tens of millions of people, tens of millions. The same thing, the same thing is about to happen. Here is Kyle Bass. Is these policies that are ESG driven and morally driven that we should convert everything to alternative energy tomorrow um, are going to end up starving the poor children of the world. Like it's, it's, and killing many of them. So it's, it's, it's counterintuitive that that could actually happen. And that's what we're seeing, Melissa, with the prices at $1,000 a megawatt hour, 1,000 euros a megawatt hour. You know, you're going to see, you're going to see real problems in Europe. I can't believe it's not on the front page of every paper every day. And it, it is literally, as he said there, going to kill, going to kill people all across the globe. These are not small issues. As he said, these, these are man-made problems, man-made problems of energy crises because we are pushing this ESG. Kids across the globe are going to freeze. Families are not going to be able to afford food because they're paying their electric bills. Now, the scarier thing that is coming from this, because of this, is that governments are going to begin to step in and control the electric grid, to control, because now there's a crisis. When there is a crisis, even if it's a man-made crisis, I, I'm trying to think back. There was this thing that happened a couple of years ago. Maybe you remember. There was this man-made crisis that happened. There was this, like, bug or some virus or something that went around. And then all the governments jumped on the bandwagon to seize the rights and liberties away from people and created man-made logistical problems across the world, crashing global governments and, and currencies, economies. What was that thing? Oh, wait, that was COVID. I forgot. Oh, my gosh. I almost forgot about COVID. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, remember what, what did they talk about? They, they said it was going to be two weeks to, uh, oh, flatten the curve. Well, here's the European Commission president, Ursula von der Leyen. Uh, <laughs> get a load of this. This is what is expensive, because in these peak demands, the expensive gas comes into the market. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and uh, avoid the peak demands. <laughs> we will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours. Oh. And we will work very closely with the member states to achieve this. Oh, there it is. There it is. Uh, we need to flatten the curve. Here we go. Hey, guys, you know what? I, I just have to wonder, what scriptwriter 
And what room somewhere said, hey, remember the entire globe really responded well when we used the word flatten the curve. They, were, they believed us. They took it hook, line, and sinker. Oh, yeah, got to flatten the curve. Two weeks, guys. Stay home. Stay safe. <laughs> what happened? Two weeks turns into two years. Here we are again. Oh, it's an energy crisis. Two weeks. Guys, we just need to flatten. Just, just two months. Just the summer to flatten the curve. How are we going to do this? We're going to set mandatory levels. It, it, it worked just two years ago. Why shouldn't it work now? Of course it should work now. The way that it's going to work now is, well, we're going to look at your, your business and we're going to evaluate your business. And is your business an essential business? Is this really an essential business? I don't know. You actually don't need electricity in the middle of the night. You actually don't need electricity from 12 to 2 p.m. Why? Because we've decided that you're not an essential business and it's for the good of everyone that you don't have power to run your company. Because you see what happens is we, we looked at your, your ESG score and on your ESG score, um, there's a couple marks against you. You, you we, we search through your social media profiles, and it, I don't see a post of the rainbow flag. Um, so that knocked you down about three points. And then, mm, yeah, that plastic cup that you're using, that has an environmental impact. So we're going to dock you a little bit more. So you don't get as much power as the next person down the way because of your ESG score. But hey, good news for you. If you step in line with our policies and our plans for environmental, social governance, and you just follow lockstep and soften your views a little bit on your morality, give up compromise a little bit on your, your beliefs on abortion, compromise just a little bit on your beliefs of LGBT. I mean, you don't have to identify as it, but you definitely have to affirm it. You can't just have employees at your company who happen to have an alternative lifestyle. You need to then affirm and say, this is good, that this is right, that this is righteous. And you certainly can't be someone who condemns it because well, that's just against the policy that we now have. This is happening. This will happen. Uh, it is heading in that direction. Maybe, maybe we think, oh, the government would never, would never really be able to just step in and indiscriminately or discriminately turn off a business's power, turn off a home's power. Well, why not? They, they did it in a different form just in the last hundred years. Saying, sorry, you have a yellow star on your arm and you can't shop here. Sorry, you have a yellow star on your arm. Yeah, you have to live in this part of town. You're barred from these things. You can't have more than $1,000 in your house. It, it just happened. It just happened. Sorry, you're part of the bourgeoisie. Oh, you have a stone. You have a stone fireplace. Oh, my goodness. That means you're a part of the ruling class. This is what they did in the USSR. If you were a farmer that had a stone fireplace, that was 
considered a luxury and you were thrown into a gulag, thrown into a concentration camp. So why not today saying, oh, your, your social score is, is a little lacking. It's a little low. You can't exceed X amount of energy per month as your company. And if you want to, you have to fall in line with what we say is true, what we say is real. And we're going to make sure that you comply, just like we made sure that you would comply to all the, the, the pandemic regulations. I mean, we have evidence from two years ago. You don't agree? You think that you should be able to exercise your freedoms? You, in Australia, you posted, you posted saying that you're going to go to a concert. And we have videos of police knocking on doors and arresting people in their homes in front of their kids because they incited people to break the law by saying, I'm going to go to this concert. What makes us think that they won't turn off your power because of the energy crisis, that they won't step in for the good of all because of the energy crisis? Well, it's already happening a little bit of a different way in the great state of Colorado. Residents find their thermostats locked at 78 degrees, which 78 degrees would be about 27, 27 degrees Celsius due to an energy emergency. Now, the, the energy utility there is called Xcel Energy. And what happened was this was an opt-in program. Xcel offered a one-time $100 bill credit and a $25 annual credit to anyone who would opt into these programs that would allow the electric company to install a thermostat at your house and say, hey, are you willing to help ease the strain on the electrical grid if there's ever an emergency that's happening in the state? People are like, yeah, for a hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, Sure, I'll, I'll be willing to ease. You know, it's a little click on a form. It's just a little checkbox on a form. I don't know what I'm clicking. Check, check, check. Just get me through this. Well, apparently 22,000 customers went to adjust their thermostat, and they couldn't because they had opted into a program that allowed the utility, energy utility company, to set their thermostat and say, hmm, Today, because there's a lot of people using the electricity, because it's a little hot out today, we're going to ease. We're going to ease the strain on the electric grid, and you can only have your car or your your house, excuse me, set your business set to seventy eight degrees. Okay, that's an opt in program. But what happens when we see the extensive measures that were taken? In COVID, just two years ago, apply to this next crisis. Well, now it's mandatory that you have to have a, a government thermostat set on your house. Now, every, every meter is regulated to make sure that if you exceed a certain power level based on your ESG score, you're going you're gonna to have limits on your electricity. Why not? We, we already heard. We already heard the clip from the European commissioner saying, we're going to flatten the curve. We, we all know what that means. Well, adding to all this ESG, 
uh, and if you remember, we, we touched briefly on it a few, uh, I guess now a couple months ago, on the farmers, farmers protest in the Netherlands, where farmers were protesting government policies that were, were essentially going to cause farmers to lose their land, go out of business, causing man-made food crisis. Well, now the Dutch city of Harlem is set to become the first in the world to ban, the first city in the world to ban advertisements for meat because of its impact on climate change. Meat. You can't have an advertisement for meat. In a city of nearly 160,000 people near Amsterdam, they've agreed to outlaw ads for intensively farmed meat on public places like buses, shelters, and screens starting in 2024. It is an intentional, an intentional move to upend society so that we would rely on the government and the reason why, the reason why we stress so often the dangers of communism, socialism, Marxism, this worldview, this postmodern worldview that says there is no truth, there is no God, there is only man, and man is nothing but a sack of chemicals. There is no spirit realm. There's the... It's now turned into cosmic humanism, which believes in a spirit realm. They believe in the energies and powers, but they don't believe that we were created. They don't believe that there is a, a, a sort of God who has given us divine revelation of how we ought to live. Marx explicitly states and says that there is no such thing as morality. You look at the, the, the result of communism and you see. That if a person is no longer needed in the system as a cog, they're expended. They're put away into a concentration camp and finally brought to the back building, to the brick wall, to the firing squad. That's what happens. And it's not just about a, a political movement. These are ideas from the pit of hell that have come up to destroy mankind. To put mankind in bondage. These are ideas. The idea that there's no such thing as a man and a woman or gender is an idea that is explicitly against the, the Judeo-Christian Abrahamic worldview and ethics. And in their literature, they explicitly target, they explicitly say, we are looking to destroy and wipe this worldview from the face of the earth. That is their strategy. That is their plan. Yeah, that makes sense. In the post-truth society, we have exchanged truth for lies and reason for postmodern irrationality. The absurd finally makes sense. Well, a new study came out showing that trigger warnings actually cause people to be more triggered. Uh, here's a, a, from the abstract of the study. If, if you don't know what a trigger warning is, we'll, we'll start there. A trigger warning is if I started the segment to say, hey, just so you know, 
in this segment, we're going to be talking about how people get triggered. If you're a person that gets triggered, I just want you to know ahead of time that there might be some content that might trigger you. So just watch out. Be, be, be on your guard. Be on your guard a little bit. You know, just watch out. I don't want to offend you, but there's content in here that may offend you. Well, the, this, this, is quote, this is a quote from the, the published study. This meta-analytic review suggests that trigger warnings, statements that alert viewers to material containing distressing themes related to past experiences, do not help people to, one, reduce negative emotions felt when viewing material, two, avoid potential distressing material, or three, improve the learning slash understanding of that material. However. Trigger warnings make people feel anxious prior to viewing material. Overall results suggest that trigger warnings in their current form are not beneficial and may instead lead to a risk of emotional harm. Here it is. Trigger warnings are causing emotional harm. So we need to have, what, what do we, sh- should we have like a trigger warning that says trigger warning? We're about to have a trigger warning. And then you say the trigger warning, and then you can say the material that might trigger someone. Or you can say, hey, stop being an emotional sl- snowflake and realize that if anything is going to be said in the world, someone's going to be offended. That you can, I cannot, no one can say anything of any sort of substance or meaning that could not offend anyone. If you, if you are so careful to make sure that everything that you say could never possibly ever offend anyone ever, you're not going to say anything of importance. You're going to live in the extreme anxiety and fear of man that you will never be able to make a way forward in the world. You'll you're always be on eggshells. Trigger warnings do not work. And here is a follow-up on that totally ironic. I mean, it's totally ironic. In the event of, okay, we're going to make sure that we don't trigger people, we end up triggering them more. because. Instead of playing it off as like, hey, this is, this is just what we're talking about. And it's like, of course. We pander. We're like, oh, I just want to make sure that you know, you're, you're going to be okay. And it causes more anxiety. Well, another irony that my mind is at least related to it is J.K. Rowling is being attacked by trans activists because in her latest book, there's a character who was harassed by trans activists. I mean, (laughs) if that's not a deep irony, then I don't know what is. In J.K. Rowling's new book, this is from Not the Bee, The Black, The Ink Black Heart, which is the sixth installment of their thriller series, The Cormoran Strike, which was published underneath a pseudonym. The female cartoonist ends up being murdered after making an insulting cartoon. And the, the symbolism and everything has a striking resemblance to Rowling's actual life, where she is against transgenderism, and transgendered activists hate her for that and have harassed and opposed her for that. So here, 
J.K. Rowling writes a book saying, hey, in this story, there's a cartoonist, an author, who writes about figures who are like trans activists. The, the writer offends them and then gets murdered by them, which is truly reflective of her real life, of the, uh, the attacks that she has faced from transgendered activists. But then the irony, the deeper irony is, it's a self-fulfilling, not self-fulfilling, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy based uh, from the activist point of view. Here, even, even though she says, hey, I wrote this book years before all this stuff started happening to me online. She said, quote, I had written the book before certain things happened to me online. I said to my husband, I think everyone is going to see this as a response of what happened to me, but it generally was, genuinely wasn't. The first draft of the book was finished at the certain, at the point certain things happened. So she's saying this has nothing to do with actually all the hate and attack that I've gotten, but it's going to look like that. And even if it was that, here all of a sudden, all of a sudden we see trans activists attacking her because in the book, trans activists attacked her. Is that, is that not a deep irony? Is that not the deepest of all ironies? And we've talked about this from Habib all the way back to that earliest episode with Habib. And that if you are responding and retaliating to any sorts of insults about what you believe, what you stand for, who you are, your identity, if you are responding with with terror, you're responding with intimidation, with threats of violence, or with violence, that is, that is a sign of you not being healthy. And it is a sign of terror. That, that is the definition of what terror or terrorism is. It's when someone disagrees with you, you threaten them with violence. This is what BLM did. Don't agree with me? We're going to stand at your table and we're going to shout in your face until you bend your knee and you agree with us. We're going to intimidate you. We're going to come to your houses. We're going to burn them down. We're going to come to your church. We're going to vandalize it. If you don't agree, you criticize us, we're going to come for your job. We're going to cancel you. We're going to dox you. This is the spirit. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter what view is being criticized. If that is the response, then that, is, that truly is a spirit of intimidation and terror. And you must never, we must never, one, we must never engage in that. Two, we must never bow our knee to that. Well, this is a value for value podcast. If you get value out of the show, we ask that you give value back to the show in the measure that you received value from it, whether that's giving a few bucks a month or whether that's sharing it with your friends. Because as you share it with your friends, you actually get more value from it. But if you want to give to the show, you can do so by visiting lucasrobot.com backslash support and give your hard coal fiat there. Or if you're like Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, you can listen on apps like Breeze or Sphinx or Podfriend, and you can stream Satoshis as you listen. Don't go away. We'll be right back with our closing Weaver and Loom segment. Welcome back to Weaver and Loom, a part of the show where we take ancient wisdom and we weave it in with our everyday lives so that we can 
own our future, and weave our destiny. Today's quote is from none other but the prophet Solomon. He wrote, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Self-control is critical for the days that we're coming in to. Whether it's the ESG stuff, whether it's the not responding with threats of violence and intimidation when someone insults you, when someone disagrees with what you believe. And that takes self-control. It also is going to take an extreme amount of self-control and sober-mindedness to be able to face the days that are coming ahead, to be able to prepare for the days that are coming ahead. Whether those days are actual physical trials that are coming on the earth, food shortages, uh, economic upheavals, you know, every common economist, maybe not every, but most, are pointing towards a massive macro shift that's coming in global economies. We see it uh, with inflation. And then if you decide that I don't want to carry on with that inflation, that means you have to default on your loans, which causes a massive deflationary bubble, which kills economies. We see it with the, the increase of energy prices across the globe. We see it with the increase of food prices across the globe is going to demand of us that we are self-controlled, that we are self-controlled in our character, that we are self-controlled in our time management to be spending it with our families, to be spending it, investing it in places that matter, that make an impact, and to be self-controlled when we are come against by these forces, by these movements, by people who want to destroy your life, so that we do not lose. We do not lose our character. We do not lose our morality. We do not lose the, the fabric of who we are in the midst of the trials and temptations that are to come. So the, the wisdom point for today is be a, a man, be a woman of self-control because without it, without being sober-minded, knowing what the truth is, and being able to, to command your thoughts to think in a coherent way, without that, these ideas will come in and steal, kill, and destroy from you and your family. Well, thanks for listening. If you have any questions, you can WhatsApp me at plus one two zero two nine two two zero two two zero, or you can find me on Instagram. Also, my book, Anchored the Discipline to Stop Drifting, I wrote this book in a time of my life where I was drifting. All of my, all of my metrics for life were so broken. I thought if I was busy, then I would be successful. And so this is a short, highly actionable book that I think about these principles every day. And so if you want to have more self-control in your life and you're trying to figure out where to start, I strongly recommend this book. You can get it on Amazon and you can find the link in the show notes and on the website. Finally, thanks for listening. If you want to get more value out of the show, share it with a friend and begin to build common language 
and knowledge and understanding of what is behind the forces that are coming against us because there is a spirit behind it. There is an agenda behind it. We must defend ourselves against it. Thanks for listening. Go out and own your future.